Hello, and welcome again to Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American community from around the region and country. And I want to introduce you to Falcon Gott. Falcon is an emerging Native American filmmaker who currently resides in Fargo, North Dakota. Falcon has been honing his filmmaking skills since 2015, working and improving on aspects such as directing, cinematography, editing, sound design, and storytelling. Falcon's films mainly focus on Native American stories. Now, Native Americans have been misrepresented in mainstream films for many years. By focusing on Native American stories, Falcon hopes to convey truthful and accurate insight to Native American peoples. I think what makes Falcon's story so interesting is that he's a part of this new wave of filmmakers that's utilizing social media and new concepts paired with traditional filmmaking as he's recently received his Bachelor of Fine Arts in Filmmaking. So let's jump into this interview with Falcon. Well, Falcon, thank you for joining us. Um, it's wonderful to, to have you part of Five Plain Questions. First question is, if you could tell us about your background and where you're from. My background and where I'm from. So I'm from the Sapotoyak Cree Nation in Manitoba, Canada. I grew, mostly grew up in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And so I was there until about the eighth grade. And then the family decided to transition over to the Fargo-Moorhead area in which uh, I went to high school in Moorhead and then ended up at the Minnesota State University of um, Moorhead, the, the college there, and ended up getting a bachelor's degree in film production. And so I've been in the area ever since. And yeah, I've just been really diving into uh, Native American uh, film production and, and, and studying it and hopefully to create more projects down down the line. Reading your bio, um, just to follow up, uh, you've, you've been working documentaries, but you're looking at doing more na uh, narrative work? Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I've done a good hand handful of small documentary productions for the creativity among Native American students at the Plain, uh, Plains Art Museum here in Fargo, North Dakota. I think I've done about five or six over the last uh, couple of years. And those projects with Laura Youngbird, um, those were so exciting and eye-opening for me because uh, not only did I get to hang around with some of these renowned contemporary Native American artists, is I got to learn from them and be around their art and listen to these artists talk about their art. And, you know, I never had that chance, that opportunity as not only as a, as a young person, but, you know, through college or anything like that. Um, so I took what I could from it and, and I've learned, I learned a great deal from, from those experiences. And from those experiences, I was able to create uh, some short documentaries about, about them. And that's, um, I know you've, you've started to, uh, 
branch out in the area. Um, I think your work is starting to get seen. Uh, and so that's great. And I think you're, you're really the, I think the only native filmmaker in the Fargo-Moorhead area that's doing some of the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really think of it like that, you know? Um, I, there's always that, that question of, a, of, of an artist, you know? Um, like, are you an artist or are you a Native American artist, you know? And I like to think, or I like in my mind, um, to, I can make a film or make a documentary that doesn't have to be Native American related, but when I do have, or when I do create a film and put so much time and effort into it that works around um, uh, identifying Native culture, and native peoples that's when i'll use that term as a native american filmmaker and mm -hmm. it just so happens that all my projects so far in short documentaries have been around native american peoples and so i have haven't made a project outside of that yet but i think i think sometime down the line it's going to happen but but for now it's it's uh it, it, it's strictly focusing on, on, on that aspect of being a Native American filmmaker. And I'm surprised that I'm kind of like the only one in the FM area. But um, hopefully sometime down the line, uh, there'll be someone else or a couple, couple more people that, that are Native and that are interested in filmmaking. And so those... Uh, opportunities to be able to, to collaborate and to create something more insightful and possibly even like a bigger project that would be beneficial not only for for the possible collaborations but I think for the community so that these so that the community is able to, to see this representation of native peoples and whatever their subject may be um, it's done so in a manner that is respectful and meaningful and it teaches non-natives, um, uh, it teaches, it will be able to teach them something that they haven't uh, know about or have questions about. Um, so it's basically just like setting the correct facts straight without there even being like stereotypes or um, or any of that jazz, you know? Yeah, you, you bring up two really important points here. Um, you know, the first, as far as uh, identifying as an artist first, um, as opposed to a Native American artist. You know, I think that's, that's a common thread among so many artists in, this, in the Northern Plains here and the, the Woodlands area. And I know um, part of this podcast is we don't openly identify as Native American. It's, it's, um, it's a podcast for artists, you know? Um, and I think that's, I think that's the biggest point, uh, to put out first. And to your, to your second point, um, you know, with collaboration and people stepping up in the area, um, you know, it's, it's, I think an issue here in Fargo, you know, where I think community involvement is still sort of in early stages, um, and we're, we're starting to see more and more activity among the Native American community 
but I think once once there are I think longer term efforts in the community, I think we'll start seeing this gelling more and more people getting involved, getting inspired. And I think there's been a lack of activity the last, not the last couple of years, because I think the last couple of years there's been a lot going on, but you know, the last 15 and 20 years. So yeah, I think we're moving into a new era of time, not to, not to over grand, grandize the, what's happening, but I think as we move forward in, in time, I think um, we're moving into a new phase where people are beginning to step up and step into roles that they need to be stepping into. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, I know I was acquainted with Laura, who was the director of the um, Creativity Among Native American Artists um, in late 2015. That's when I moved. Um, that's when I moved to downtown right across from the Plains Art Museum. And I think that was one of the early stages, the earlier. Um, that's when the program was in uh just starting i believe mm-hmm. yep. and yep. so i met laura and then i became there i became the um uh what do you call the intern intern yes i became the intern for it and i was asking laura what can i do how can i use my skills and she was like yeah just take photographs and you know like like document some of like the, the events with these native artists and work and work from there mm-hmm. and so i was you know i popped my head in every now like so i was an intern for about like two years i think two and a half years and yeah. then i started um doing some of my own work but after that period i would still pop my head in and attend events whenever i could and help out with laura with documenting some no, of the events been and active, over huh? that period of of four years I had I did see an increase of community um, involvement or participation in coming to these Native American artists events exhibitions, and so that was very surprising to see and to be around that, and also to be a part of it. So I think in the coming years, that is just gonna continue to grow. No, I, I hope so as well. I hope so as well. Um, I'm going to move on to the, the next question here. Um, who are your biggest influences? Biggest influences? Mm-hmm. Like inside of art or just in general? <laughs> uh, primarily to yourself as an artist. Okay. Um, but we, we please uh, expand as, as you want to. Yeah, okay. Um, as an artist, I think some of my inspirations some of my inspirations um, in, a, in a general perspective, I, I'm highly influenced by people who are highly motivated, who have a drive to uh, get things done with a type of energy that you're not only able to see, but able to feel as well. So I think anyone who has that type of mentality, I am influenced by. And so in the realm of art, there are directors such as like Stanley Kubrick, um, Alessandro Judorowski, um, uh, 
Christopher Nolan, like these these people have created such films that have a major impact, not only in cinema, cinema, but like um, people are already relate to be people are able to relate to them all over the world, and that's why some of, that's why their names are well known, and that's why their films are are recognized as masterpieces. And so when you're able to see or watch something that's impactful, um, I get motivated, I get ideas, and that's when I start to like just jot down things that, that make sense to me. And I'll start, you know, kind of relating that to uh, Native American issues or Native American representation and identity and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just people who have a sense of, like, a, a sense of strong motivation to to create something that people can connect to. Mm-hmm. And I see that, you know, like, on a large artist scale, but even, like, within people themselves. Um, and it's... I don't know. I, f- I have trouble describing it because I take so much from a lot of things. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's such a, a big question, you know, finding to be able to articulate something that that you're influenced by. Um, I see it in a lot of different realms, I suppose. Like, um, like I do a lot of skating myself and I have a lot of people that I'm, that, that I look up to that I'm just like, Oh, like they have a sense of style or they have like just their skating is just like so well matured and like just the way that they flow and are able to like execute tricks. I get influenced um, in that way. And then with filming like cinematography and editing and then even with like painting, and drawing or doodling, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram and you, you, you follow some hashtags that like ink, inktober, like a lot of cool people are doing, doing some very interesting things and just seeing that and being motivated by it is, you know, it just adds to that pot of, of, uh, you know, being influenced. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to, to define it single, like to define it in a very singular way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I just see a lot of things where I'm like, oh, like this is possible. Like I could possibly do this or I could play around with this. And so that's a, that's a very big question. <laughs> it is. And I think uh, someone who's in your stage of, of where you're at, you know, you're, you're still, you're inspired by so many things and you're, you're soaking in so many things, you that's- know, that you're just, you're just open to all these different avenues right now. Very, very true. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, like just being consciously aware of like things that motivate you and being able just to like take a mental note or like text it to yourself, you know, and then putting that text later in a notebook. That's a, a process what I do. 
mm-hmm. and you know over time you just have this huge like like idea catalog you know mm-hmm. and you know whether or not you do something with any of these things it's still something that you that you picked out that you noticed and that has some type of influence on your work or yeah on your work or your well-being in in in, in a sense How have you developed your career, uh, both in college and post-college? Um, my career, let's see. So in filmmaking, I knew in high school, I was, my friends and I were, yeah, so in high school, my friends and I, we would goof around at the skate park with a camera. And I think that's where my my filming career started whether or not I knew it (laughs) and so we would go to the skate park and just film our tricks and I'd plop them into a very simple video editing software and see what I can make with the images or with the video and I was hooked on it I was hooked on it and it just so happened that when I graduated, and when I got into the um, when I got into MSUM, they had a film program, and in my young mind, I thought that film programs were uh, accessible at any college. But I soon found out later on that it's usually the West Coast and East Coast that have these film schools, and very few exist and like I wouldn't say very few exist but you know as compared to the east coast and west coast um other states just might not have these programs and it just so happened that MSUM had a program where you're able to get a bachelor's in arts a bachelor's degree in in in, in this art <laughs> and so I went into it and I didn't really know much about filmmaking I just knew about cinematography, a very fundamental aspect of fundamental, uh, very fundamental aspect of cinematography and editing. Little did I know about like the whole grand scheme of uh, what filmmaking is, with you know pre-production, production, post-production, exhibition, all of that stuff. And so over the years, over my 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 college career and being in this program and working alongside um, students and teachers and and professors, I really did get a good grasp on what filmmaking is and why it's an art. And so it, it flooded my, my, my head with a bunch of ideas as, 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 as I continued my education, because you just see what the potential, what filmmaking can do. And it also helped that my advisor, he guided me down this path of what indigenous filmmaking was and is. And so through that side of of learning about the, the beginnings of cinema, the history of cinema, and reading 
these academic articles about um, about how Native Americans were represented in mainstream in mainstream cinema um, throughout its course, and then learning about third cinema and how that derives from having a political response to the establishment in terms of uh, how indigenous cultures are being represented and um, and how they're using cinema as a tool to fight back. And so having access to all of this information and I, I definitely did see a lot of it, like what the potential was to be able to create something of importance, not only for native people, but for non-native people to learn something, to educate them through a sense of entertainment, if that makes sense. Because entertainment might not be seen as something you can learn from, you know? It can be seen in that perspective. Take, for example, smoke signals. Smoke signals, in my opinion, is the, uh, what is it? What's that saying? It's like one of the top films in my book that that is easily like that is uh, that is just up there because it's relatable not only on a native uh, Native American level but also on a um, also on like a, a non-native and. Mm-hmm. And that film did so well because it hit the mainstream um, box offices, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were able to to um, to watch it. And even amongst my friends, they uh, <laughs> they it, it's one of the first things that they would ever, if any film or native films are brought up, they'd always bring that up, or they always say like the that hey Victor part. <laughs> um, that's so like. Um, so I used that film Smoke Signals a lot whenever I had to write or have a reference to um, uh, to my filmmaking and so mm-hmm. you know drawing from those inspirations and drawing from those those works that have already been produced that are out there um it just gave me more sense of a drive to continue with my filmmaking career. And so when I graduated, you know, I kept all my filmmaking books. I kept all my academic articles um, that were from the film uh, film department and also from all, all also from my like multicultural studies uh, classes that I took as well, because those are very important mm-hmm. and that I'm able to, draw um draw off of that information and put into my films and so when i when i graduated i didn't really know what i was what i was going to do and so i took a couple i took like a break from everything and during that break when i was living across the the street from the plains art museum um it just so happened that there was an event 
uh, a birch birch biting birch bark biting uh, workshop that Laura was conducting and uh, at the Plains Art Museum I went to that and and then that without knowing it that's how like my second phase post college post that post college um, uh, that's where I was able to utilize my filmmaking skills whether or not I knew it and so I remember Laura asking if I could create something for the program and it was like a short one minute promotional video about what the program was about. And then, so over the next couple of years, I've got to create those five or six short documentaries. Um, there was the um, Saint, oh, what was it? The Saint Cloud Potter, Pottery Studio. Oh, I forget what that college is called. Um, uh, would you happen to know what it's called there, Joe? The pottery? No, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, so I'm thinking of like, yeah, the only school I know in St. Cloud is the, uh, uh, the, think, the college there. I think it's Saint, the St. Saint John's. Oh, oh, I do know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name though. Yeah, because they, they have St. John's and St. Ben's um, school in St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of it. But yeah, so it was a kind of like highlighting. So Laura conducted a a um. Oh, what was it? It was, it was like a pouring class or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. See, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of that place. I'm sure if Laura's listening to this, she's she's yelling into her, into her. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, it's this, it's this. Um, yeah, so it was a. I believe the the College of Saint John's, and mm -hmm. it was. She took some ceramic artists, native ceramic artists, to the St. John's University to um, to create anything uh, that they would like with the clay that they have there. And there is a very huge significance to the clay. And so mm -hmm. it was about a, I think a seven, eight minute video, short documentary, mm -hmm. just highlighting um, the, the four artists, including Laura, that had the opportunity to, to attend that one week workshop. So that was really fun. There was, um, why can't I think of, <laughs> why can't I think of these names? Um, I know there was the Native American, the, the documentary that I did with you and Laura. Mm -hmm. um, well, that was really fun and entertaining. There was, wow, I can't believe I can't think of these names. <laughs> um, uh, the guy who did the sculpture in, uh, on that college campus down south. Oh, oh yeah. I, don't, 
I really wish I remembered the titles of my, <laughs> of my documentaries. <laughs> um, I'm sure I have them some. Oh, wait, here we go. So, all right, so I'll already start with this one. So, okay. with my film career, post college, I was a mentor. No, not a mentor, a um, intern for the Native American Artist Program. And so mentoring under Laura, I was able to create a handful of short documentaries um, for over the, the course of, I think, like three or four years. And one of the first ones I did was a very short one-minute promotional video of what the program was about and then the second one that I think I did was let's see yeah so there was the St. John's College which was a short documentary about about a, a one week long workshop. Oh, that was at St. John's Pottery. St. John's Pottery, yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's like 10 minutes like away from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yep. And so that was like a short documentary just highlighting what the native artists who are part of that workshop created and what their thoughts were about. Um, about their art, about what they were creating. And that was really fun. I think that was like my first actual documentary that I did for them. And I was very nervous, very, I was afraid that I didn't have enough footage to play with. But I ended up creating it. So I was super hyped about it. And I think the next one after that was the Buzz Lab mural with John Hitchcock. That was, uh, that was fun. John Hitchcock, he's from, I believe, Wisconsin. He does these, uh, oh, what's that art? Name he's that a printmaker. Art? Yeah, printmaker. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Um, very cool guy. I was glad yes. I got to hang, hang out with him and document him and, 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 and see what he was able to create with this, um, with the BuzzLab group. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That was very, very entertaining. Um, Dwayne Goodwin, that's his name. The Dwayne Goodwin oh. sculpture. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was, yeah, he did a sculpture at the University of Minnesota, Man- uh, I think it's Mankato. No, Morris. Okay. Yep. And so he, he created a sculpture that was based off of, uh, his, his mother as well as like the residential school era. Mm-hmm. And I think the University of Minnesota Morris was one of the first schools to have, or to, no wait, it was, no, the, the University of Morris was once a boarding school. Yes, yep, it, it used to be a residential school. Um, you've been out to the campus, is that right? Yes, yep. Yes, so you look at that campus, and it's, it's set up, the, the old buildings are set up in the military style um, uh, formation. And so you can clearly see the, the girls' dorm, the old boys' dorm, and then the, uh, 
the main administration building. It's it's all still there. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. So Dwayne was able to create a sculpture that looked into or that represented the era of the boarding school. And it's quite a powerful story behind behind that. And I was able to um, create something from from that. And that was a very interesting day because I never met Dwayne Goodwin before. And I think it was the, the day before Laura asked if I wanted to go down with her and create a video about the sculpture that he was making. And I was like, sure, why not? And <laughs> we, I think we were... We were on a tight schedule because Laura had to be back in Fargo by three and we didn't leave until I didn't leave Fargo until about like 11. And so we got there around one ish and I literally had one hour with Dwayne Goodwin and I was so nervous because one, like I did not know Dwayne at all at that time. Two, I'm like sticking a camera in his face <laughs> and asking him like general questions about the the sculpture as well as like what this sculpture means to him. Mm-hmm. And and it was very emotional for him. And so I didn't think that I was gonna be able to create something from it. But mm-hmm. when, when I did decide to cut and him and I just like started talking one-on-one, we kind of like broke a barrier where we became more comfortable with each other because we were able to relate with each other. And I remember that taking up at least like 20 minutes of that one hour time frame that we had with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I spent like, I spent the last 15 minutes just like driving out questions for him about um details about the sculpture but i ended up making it um ended up creating a short like five minute documentary short documentary about about that sculpture and about what um Dwayne's thoughts were on it so that was really nerve-wracking but that was really fun um then my next project was um yeah the native american artist program with you and laura and then my last one was the Brad Callhammer um, music video. Oh, that was that was so good. Yes. And if I could just cut in here, and, and for those listening, um, you have to check this out. This is this is such a great moment that was captured. Uh, this was at Zambros, is that right? Yes. Yep. Zambros uh, in downtown Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, you, can, you, can you talk yeah. about that knit a little bit? Yeah, so um, I remember that afternoon uh, I came into the um, I came into the Plains I came into the Plains Art Museum and I think it was kind of unrelated I think I was just going to catch up with Laura about something and it just so happened that Brad, Brad was there. And so I got to meet him for the first time. 
and Laura had some errands to run. And so she asked me if I could kind of like chaperone Brad, uh, like downtown in downtown Fargo. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so we went to the Hodo and we had a quick bite to eat. And then we were talking and catching up and just like getting to know one another. And he asked if I was going to be doing any documentation. And I was like, yeah, I think tonight I'm taking photos for your artist talk at the Plains Art Museum. And he, he, was, he was pretty hyped about that. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be awesome. That'd be good. And then, um, and that's when I found out that he was doing a musical for a musical performance at Zambro's. Hmm. And so he asked me if I could take, um, some footage for him. And so we started talking about it and I asked him, asking him like, what, what type of, uh, like what type of footage would you like? And then it ended up building into this it ended up growing into this big idea and then I was like well I could just probably create a music video from it and he was down for it and so that night ended up just shooting what I could and making a music video from it which <laughs> which amazed me myself because I didn't think I was like going to be able to create something uh <laughs> create something from it but with the power of editing and <laughs> having you know a creative mindset and I was able to create a a five minute music video, which is long for like a five minute music video is you know mm-hmm. pretty long for any type of song in my in mm-hmm. my opinion, and to create something for that that yeah that was really fun that was I, it also it also broke my heart because uh, uh, you know that was my that was my first um, curated show at the uh, or solo curated show at the museum and. I had to go to a uh, Springboard for the Arts conference in Lincoln, and mm-hmm. I asked, and I really wanted not to go because I wanted to be there for for Calhammer, and the answer was no. I, ha- I had to go, <laughs> so I couldn't be there. Yeah. So I, re- yeah. I remember that night, you know, because the, the day the the, the train the train of course that they were doing, you know, we were done at four or five o'clock, and there was just no way I could drive from Lincoln, Nebraska, back to Fargo in time. But that was that was a long night, just sitting in my hotel room, just feeling sorry for myself. I was missing this great experience. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good turnout. Um, and yeah, Brad and his and his band bandmates they they know how to jam. They yeah. Know how to rock. Oh, and another video I forgot. Uh, Athena Latoka. Oh, Athena! Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, she's such a cool woman. Oh, she's so great. Yeah, and just her artwork, just monumental, huge. It's yes. Bigger than life. <laughs> kind of like Athena, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so those are just some names of, like, some of the projects that I got to make um, during my time at the Plains Art Museum. Plains Art Museum, and I'm sure I'll be able to create a few more videos sometime in the future. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking and, forward to those opportunities and meeting, meeting new people, meeting new Native Americans, and seeing what their work is about, and just being able to be around that type of 
energy and yeah it's gonna be a fun fun time yeah no absolutely absolutely so you, you kind of touched on this uh but i'm just gonna throw it out there anyways is how, how do you seek opportunities oh yeah yeah to be honest uh opportunities just kind of fall into my lap <laughs> they you know someone will approach me with, with with an idea and you know i know like with my younger self i would just jump right into it you know being like oh yes this like this would be good this is gonna be fun but like now it's like i'm as i grow as i have you know more experience under my belt i'll think more about it and seeing if I'm able to create um, create something that I like and that they can like, and you know, not that I haven't created something that I didn't like or created something that um, someone like didn't didn't like at all, but like just seeing kind of like the the overall bigger picture of it, the what the potential of the project is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's usually, you know, someone will come to me with an idea and we'll work it out. We'll talk about it and seeing what, you know, what they would want, what I would want and seeing if it's a feasible project, project. But yeah, sometimes they just, these, these things just plop right into my lap and we take it one, one step at a time to see what we can do and and then if it's possible, we create a video from it. It's a great energy. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and, and finally, the, the last question is, what would you want to say to your 18-year-old self? <laughs> wow, that's a big old question. That's so a big question. That, that'd be 10 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would, if I had to say something to my 18-year-old self, I'd say, hmm. Not to say that I didn't have a lot of fun, but try, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit more. Okay. Um, yeah, enjoy yourself, you know, a little bit more. Uh, skate a lot more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, because uh, at that time, I remember my body just you know, being able to get up and going skating and not feeling uh, so sore or fatigued the next day, you know, <laughs> or, you, know you gotta utilize that youth <laughs> as much as you can, as much as you possibly can, you know, like see what you can do with it, push it to its limits. Um, yeah. Uh, so drink more water, <laughs> drink more water, um, maybe do some yoga stretches. Um, and I don't know, that's, let's see, in terms of filmmaking, I'd be just, you know, continue trying to like watch as much films as you possibly can native films at that, you know, um, and I don't know, <laughs> that, that's so weird because 
just that question just opened up a huge like I don't know. Yeah. Like if I was to ask my my 18-year-old self like give it some give him some advice would that same 18-year-old falcon be on the same path that he is that he is on now or would it be different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't know. That's Continue, well, I don't know. I always saw myself as being like a very, quite a creative individual. And so if I was to give any advice to my 18-year-old self, self, I'd just say continue um, exploring your creativity and, and see what you're able to do with it and any and all means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's good advice for any age of person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, that's sounds like you, it sounds like you're on the right track here. Uh, Well, that's it for the five questions. Uh, Falcon, thank you so much. Um, Where can, where can people find, where where can they find you, your, your work? uh, Where can they check you out at? Yeah. So um, I'm currently um, working on a, on a website whenever I do have free time. Um, uh, I'm reestablishing my YouTube and Vimeo accounts. And um, I, th- I think I have to um, get in touch and or talk to you about um, having uh, my videos on the Plains Art Museum website. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And so in... In the coming weeks, I should have my my website up, and my YouTube page should be updated, as well as my Vimeo page. And so those are just some ways in which one can find me. Also on my Instagram, I'm very active on my Instagram. Um, yeah, those are just what, some... What, what's your handle on Instagram? My handle name on Instagram? Yep. It's kind of weird. It's like... If you were if you were to look up Falcon Got, you'd be able to find me quickly. But my handle is kind of like underscore underscore F A L underscore underscore C O N underscore underscore. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but okay, okay, yeah, okay. It's catchy, I think. It, yeah, no, it works. Yeah. Falcon, thank you again. This is this is great. No, thank you very much, Joe, for the opportunity. I hope. Soon we can get together and talk furthermore about a specific project. Yes. In, in the future. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. We definitely have conversations we got to follow up on for sure. Yes. So. We sure do. Yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to it though. I. Yeah. No, absolutely. Falcon, thank you. Yep. Thank you very much, Joe. You have yourself a nice day. Yeah. You too. You too. Thanks. Thanks. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Falcon again for joining us and sharing his time and his story with us. More importantly, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. Please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. Uh, you can find me on Arcana, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook or at the plainsart.org website. There you can see our past programming our videos and these podcasts 
You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and soon other podcast platforms. If you have any suggestions for someone to interview, please find us on our Facebook page and message me. I'd like to hear from you. All right, that's it. Take care, and we'll see you next week.